Hello, everyone, and welcome to AC23, your weekly dose of arts and culture. My name is Chancellor Zero Skidmore. Our producer is Jeremy Porcine. This show is brought to you by the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. You can stream this show and previous episodes at artsbr.org or on Apple Podcasts. When you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to the show and give us the five stars you know we deserve. All right. I want to send a shout out to my friends at Urban Word NYC. It's a spoken word organization up in New York. And some years ago, they started a youth poet laureate program that they replicated throughout the country. Baton Rouge was one of the cities that participated, and I was lucky enough to run the program here. Yesterday, that program reached a huge milestone when the National Youth Poet Laureate, Amanda Gorman, delivered a poem at the presidential inauguration. It was, for me, the highlight of the entire event, uh, but I am biased. I'm aware of that. Uh, Also, the designer who dressed Vice President Kamala Harris is Christopher John Rogers, who happens to be a Baton Rouge native. One of our former guests, Ricky Willis, taught him in high school. I'm going to see if I can get him on the show. Um, Maybe. We'll see. Maybe I got that kind of juice. Um, So, yeah, y'all, we're in the new year. I'm really excited. Uh, Lots of great things coming up for the Arts Council. Um, We're going to be moving into an amazing new facility this summer that we've been doing lots of fundraising around. We'll talk about that a little bit with our guest today. And um, yeah, 2021, it's here. As well as the pandemic, (laughs) still around. So remember to wear your masks. Yes. Um, Calendar highlights. Um, The River City Jazz Masters Series is coming up. The first show is Warren Wolf in concert, February 24th on the River Terrace at the Shaw Center for the Arts. Showtime is 7.30 p.m. Warren Wolf is a vibraphonist, and his trio will kick off the season with smart, fun blues to swing to classical tunes. Again, that's Warren Wolf, February 24th at 7.30 at the Shaw Center. But that's just the first show. Up next, we have jazz vocalist Jasmia Horn in March, Grammy Award-winning Latin jazz legend Poncho Sanchez in April, and in May, it's Delfeo Marcellus and the Uptown Jazz Orchestra. Y'all, I could not be happier about this lineup. Um, Jasmia, I think, was scheduled last year, but we ended up having to cancel that show, and I was really excited about it because she had just done a show in Texas that a friend of mine had told me about that it was amazing, and so I was really, really looking forward to seeing Jasmia. Uh, as a percussionist, I could not help but be excited about Poncho Sanchez. Um, I saw him years ago. The only other time I've ever saw him was when he was here for the Jazz Master Series maybe about six, seven years ago. And um, Delfeo Marcellus, I have a few friends who play in that band and uh, about three guys that I know, uh, Terrence Taplin, uh, John Gray, um, Charles Williams from time to time. Um, So I'm really excited about seeing them come to Baton Rouge. I've seen that uh, group many times before, and I'm excited to see them again and see some of my friends uh, on the big stage with him. So, y'all, if you don't have your season tickets, for the Jazz Master Series, now is the time to get them. This event is going to be outdoors. It is going to be socially distanced. But because of that, uh, there's limited seating uh, on the terrace. And so you got to make sure you get your tickets now. Get your tickets right now. All right? Cool. So our guest today is one of my cool co-workers over at the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. She's the Director of Public Relations Uh, Her background in the arts uh, includes performing as a professional opera singer and singer, singer, 
opera singer <laughs> and being on staff with our opera louisiane which is that's when i met you right mm-hmm. um and she's also a new mommy y'all uh, please welcome misty burns to ac23 welcome misty thanks zero so um you were on the show as you reminded me um i guess maybe about a year ago you and brian morfitt were on here talking about the ebb and flow festival Yes, it was a whole year ago now. Yeah. Um, we were planning the festival for last year in April, and it ended up getting moved to the summer virtually. Right, and and we have just gotten to a point now uh, where we're starting to do some more planning for uh, Ebb and Flow this year. And um, is is there anything that that in these preliminary Ebb and Flow conversations that's come up that um. We can get excited about <laughs> all we know is that we're having it, right? <laughs> we are. We will be doing Evan Flow. Um, we're really excited about that. We are working on a master plan right now um, to figure out how it can best benefit our community and um, provide work for our artists. So just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for Evan Flow, man. We're, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. We're gonna deliver this festival to y'all, Baton Rouge. We're gonna make it happen. Um, and 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 great job last year, Misty. I know uh, you came in just kind of out of nowhere, and then we dropped this festival in your lap. And then we said, "Oh, and there's a pandemic, so figure out a way to do a festival virtually." Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> it was a whirlwind. Yeah, I started, and and Renee said, "Here's a festival," um, but luckily I was I was up for the challenge. Yes, indeed, you definitely were. Uh, I, I think it was great. Um, so. Over at the Arts Council, you're the Director of Public Relations. What does that mean for you on a day-to-day basis? Um, so I get to do what uh, I love most uh, besides singing, which is talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I talk with our, our community members, our donors. I work on development, marketing, um, uh, work with Brian on our website and graphics. Pretty much um, anything that you see or know about the Arts Council I try to um, enhance what that is. <laughs> cool, cool. And, and yeah, I always, every time I describe my job description to people, it's different. It just comes out of my mouth different every single time. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. Because yeah. <laughs> I see you like, what do I do? I do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> it's, it's sort of, it's like all of us on staff at the Arts Council. We, we do, do you know, we do 10 different jobs and I love all of them, um, but it's sort of hard to put it into a sentence. <laughs> yes, it is quite quite often um, trying to figure out the day to day. So your background is in singing. How'd that start? How did you? How'd you? How how little four year old, five year old Misty get involved mm-hmm. in singing? So um, it was I was eight, mm. and there were so I'm from um, Plano, Texas, and there were auditions for the Plano Children's Choir. And my choir teacher, as eight, was like, yeah, you should audition. So I did. And I was the only one picked from my school. And my mom was like, are you sure? Are, did did they mean to pick you? Have they heard you? Like, <laughs> I'm like, mom, it's always how she's been. And um, from there, I mean, I've, I've really thrived in choir. I always had, um, could match pitch really well, always loved singing. Um, and it just developed. It, it's so funny. I'm sitting here. I remember my daughter getting into the car. She was about eight years old, and she said, "Dad, I have an audition with the, um, I think it was Baton Rouge Junior Chorus." And I said, "When did when did this happen? How do you 
What are you talking about? She's like, you got to take me to my audition. When is when is your audition? It's today. And so I drive her to this audition. And uh, when 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 she's done, the ladies come out. And, was that your daughter? I was like, uh, yeah. And they're like, uh, she's so poised and sure of herself. And she was so confident. Wow. And they were just like blown away. And, and I'm just like aloof. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, she just kind of told me to bring her over here. But thank you all. You know, and, and but that's that's great that you were at that age uh, mm-hmm. able to just know what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with the, the Texas music scene at all, it's it's a very big deal. Um, high school choir, band, orchestra, all of that in Texas. So oh, yeah? I did from there. I did Texas All-State Choir for a couple of years. Um, and when it came time to go to college, it was. My parents were not a fan of me going into music. I'm from an athletic family, mm. um, not really an artistic family. Um, so they're always a little confused about where that came from. We're still confused. But um, when they found out I could get a scholarship singing, they were like, okay, yeah, go do that. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the athletics were for in the first place. Uh-huh. Right. But, you know, I'd, um, I I just did a, a panel with Brew, and we were talking about artists um in the ad agency and there was this kind of reference to like athletes used to be the prime way that athletic companies sold, sold shoes, right? The athletic shoes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now they're spending more of their budgets on artists than on athletes. But, Interesting. But, but weren't the athletes all, always kind of artists in a sense that, that professional athletics is an entertainment industry? And if if professional athletics is an entertainment industry, then aren't the athletes kind of artists? Kind of. I guess you could say that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> zero stretch, they, reaching for I'm grasping at straws. They are performers of sorts. They're icons. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 you know, um, they're graceful. You know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I I like to think I like to see art everywhere. Yeah, I do. Uh, so once you got your scholarship. Um, what was your next move as far as like uh you know you got your education you got this training I'm sure like mm-hmm. like high level of training uh in voice and 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 yeah how did you end up in this dump I'm not well, <laughs> let me so, let me rephrase it how did you end up in Baton Rouge um <laughs> so I love Baton Rouge uh like I said I'm from Texas I'm not from here um my scholarship was to LSU mm-hmm. um where uh. Actually, I, I hated my first year. I wanted to leave. My dream school was Indiana University, and mm. I got in there, but they did not have the scholarship for me. Um, so my whole first year, kind of miserable, and um, then it grew on me. I, I hadn't, I'd never experienced Mardi Gras, the culture here. Like it was, it was sort of overwhelming at first, um, and once it grew on me, I was hooked. Um, but you're from right there in Texas. It, and Dallas, Dallas is different. Yeah. Um, the Dallas area, I mean, I think Houston still has a lot of that that culture. Um, uh-huh. But I didn't grow up. I, yeah. I'd never. I didn't know what a crawfish was. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm um, not kidding. So there were just so many new things, and I felt so out of the loop on just like what was going on here yeah. in this state. Um, but I, I met my now husband at LSU. Um, Jeff. Jeff, yes, who's also a performer. Um, 
And we, once we graduated, we kind of moved all over. We've lived in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. And um, it was after that last winter in Detroit a couple of years ago. <laughs> I'll <laughs> was, make you appreciate Louisiana. <laughs> uh, we loved, loved, loved Michigan. But after, we didn't have family up there. And those winters were a lot, uh, very hard on my car. And and we were we were kind of we we're ready to make like a big move, and we were like, okay, well, where do where do we want to live? Yeah, Baton Rouge and um, Opera Louisiane had an opening um, at the time, and I had been working um, at the Detroit Opera House, Michigan Opera Theater. I had been working there, um, and really, really loved the administrative side of of the music world and so it it was a really good fit to to find that opportunity here in baton rouge as well um and then from there um i started to work for the arts council um because i found an even better fit yeah i i think that um i i i want to say i met you maybe at louisiana arts summit one year yes and you were with you were at yes, probably a year and a half yeah, maybe two summers ago. Yeah. Like that. Yep. But um, <clears throat> I, yeah, uh, uh, opera is one of those art forms that I I, I I only had a passing familiarity with because of my music background. You know, we 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 had to study lots of different types of um, uh, presentations of music. But I remember working um, at the Shaw Center as. Uh, I was working back of house as one of the house managers for an opera event and I was I just could not wrap my mind around what those singers were doing with their voices. I heard them like like warming up backstage and I was mm-hmm. just blown away. I'd never heard anybody sing that beautifully in my <laughs> life outside of like hearing it on TV, but hearing it live is something different, right? Right. And um yeah, it is. It is. It is always just mind blowing to me um, that that opera singers can do with their voices what they what they do. Um, and so you have this talent, this artistic training. How do you how do you make the switch or 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 add? I would say to that skill set when approaching arts as an administrator. I know you say where you when you were in Detroit, you started working. Mm-hmm. As an arts administrator, um, how does how does being an artist inform that or get in the way of it? Um, I mean, I feel like it only informs as a. I feel like with most performing artists, we are we are taught to at a very young age, generally, um, to be able to work on our own as a solo. Um, or to work collaboratively in an ensemble performance. Um, we also have to put in so, so much work behind the scenes, practicing, I mean, an hour a day. Yeah. Um, so there's this really intense work ethic, first of all, mm-hmm. um, the ability to work on my own or work with our team, which is really, our team is fantastic, Um that I, I mean, I feel like being an artist, it only informs, I mean, any position, but I, I want to be, I want to be working in the arts. I would rather use my talents to, to further the arts in our region than be anywhere else. And so, um, I'm, I'm, I still got to go back. I got to go back to the, <laughs> uh, the athletes. So 
<laughs> you said your family, and I, I know Texas big on like football, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so was that the sport, or was it some sport that we would never see coming? Oh, it's football. So I have a, a cousin who was on the practice squad for the Colts, cousin who was drafted by the Rangers. Um, all of them. I mean, my cousins are like six eight. They're tall. I'm. Well, you're not short yourself. <laughs> I'm five ten. Um, <laughs> so no, my. Um, my parents really, really tried to push basketball and softball early on. And I enjoy basketball, um, but it just didn't stick like music did. Yeah. Um, I actually danced. I did. Um, I love ballet. Um, mm. And I have long legs, so that worked in my favor. But I've never, uh, I would say, quite been thin enough to be <laughs> one of the ballerinas. <laughs> um, but it's all right. I loved, I loved music a little more. <laughs> well, my, yeah, my dad pushed mm. baseball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I want to play trombone. <laughs> There's no future in that. Like, 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 it was just guaranteed that I was gonna end up playing professional baseball. Yeah, um, yeah. Parents, parents. Um, you know, they are. I guess they're they're looking out for our best interests. Um, but you got to be careful how you project your your desires. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I think they they push what they know, yeah. and and when they didn't know anything about about music, or you know, it's. It's just this unknown territory. Like, what do right. I do? It's scary. <sighs> it's scary for, you know, yeah. I mean, like, my, I might have been the first person in my family to, to play a musical instrument or to know how to read music, right? Mm-hmm. And so there there was just nobody to inform them of, like, all the, all the other professions under that huge music umbrella. Like, the administrative work that I do, the administrative work that you do, um, mm-hmm. and, um, and teaching. Yeah. You know, like nobody nobody talked about that. I I kind of stumbled into it, you know. Yeah. Um and so now um you've also been working in development um with the Arts Council and when we talk about development in in the nonprofit world, we're talking about fundraising, right? Yes. <laughs> What's that been like in the pandemic era? Um it's it's harder because as I said, my my favorite thing to do besides sing is talk. I love talking to people, and um, I think we're we're all a little burnt out on the Zooms. Yeah. And a, a lot of people, as they should be, are not completely comfortable with the face to face. So it's it's a little harder to make those connections, especially since I'm I'm newer on staff. Um, so yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to get to know people. Um, and so I've made, I make a lot of phone calls, yeah. um, but I, everything overall, I'm really, really optimistic about, cause we do have this new building and it's so exciting. And I think our community has showed how excited they are about that as well, because our fundraising is, is coming along. Yeah. <laughs> our community is supporting it. Our yes. community is, um, is making, uh, I mean, we've, we've seen astronomical donations, um, when we were in the quote unquote quiet phase of the of the fundraiser mm-hmm. and and even going into this public phase where we're we're making these asks like you know uh, we're we're at the meetings and we're hearing all these numbers right and they're impressive numbers and um apparently our community recognizes how important this facility is going to be um uh, particularly to artists who are in the process of creating art um we have lots of places to showcase art but uh, this facility is not only going to house us, uh, our, our administrative offices, and some other ancillary offices for other nonprofits, but it will also um, be a place where artists of multiple genres can work on process, on craft, on on creating new works. And um, I think that is just so exciting. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, that's something I really didn't even get in the college atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like University of Michigan, where I got my master's, has a huge, um, huge music. It's the School of Music, Theater, Dance. And um, you you couldn't even have there, like, someone performing a concert in one room and someone creating visual art in the next. I mean, yeah. they're all in different buildings, so we're still so separated. And what's so great about the Carrie Strauss Community Arts Center is that that's possible. You can you can have all of those things going on at once and having those artists with a chance to meet each other and collaborate, um, I think just inspires more art and strengthens our cultural region. It's life. I yeah. feel like I feel like creation, you know, when you talk about life, you're talking about creation. And mm-hmm. and, and for me, I never feel more alive uh, when I'm creating a new work. And, and, and I also never feel more alive when I'm uh, witnessing new work and witnessing the creation of new work, when I'm in the presence of that creation. It's just so exciting. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you talk about uh, larger cities with, with probably more vibrant art scenes, what you're seeing probably is a lot more creation happening mm-hmm. and not just, oh, I'm going to take the stage and I'm going to do, uh, you know, a play that everybody's seen a million times, right? Right. Uh, when someone says, there's this new play by this uh, new playwright in this new city, <laughs> it, yeah, all, it, it yeah. all seems new, right? <laughs> and uh, it's it's all more exciting. Uh, and yeah, I'm 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 super stoked about this new this new um, facility, and uh, and you're playing a big part in that in that making that happen. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, so I'm leading the fundraising on uh, the public phase of of the building and like zero said it's going pretty well we haven't quite reached our goal yet um but we're still taking donations at artsbr.org taking shape that's the name of our campaign yes um it's taking shape uh because the building is shaped like a triangle so if you're wondering what all the triangles are it's affectionately also called the triangle building yes indeed and so again if someone wants to get in touch with you Yes, they can. Um, my web, my website, my email <laughs> is on the website, but it's mburns at artsbr.org. And um, my last name is spelled funky, just like my first name, Burns, <laughs> B-Y-R-N-E-S. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, Misty, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Zero. Yes, yes, yes. And we'll be uh, looking forward to many more donations coming your way. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. And this is Chancellor Zero Skidmore signing off. I'll see you all at a show. Peace.